Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 48 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Jordan Renan, James Cratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. And here we go, two weeks until the NFL draft. Jordan, how are you? Are you getting set here? You all ready? It's draft season, Joe. We're excited, you know. This is, this is an exciting time of the year, especially when your team is that you're covering is picking in the top 10 for the second straight year, top 12, third straight year. Makes it, makes it interesting. Lots and lots of scenarios. We'll go over a lot of them today. There are a ton of them. And when you're at 10, like you just said there, Jordan, there's a lot to uh, think about with the teams around you, the teams uh, that could change the draft in front of you. So, uh, James, as you get set here for the 10th pick in the draft and covering the Giants and all this, mm-hmm. uh, last week we did offense, this week defense. Yes. Who's your gut feeling right now, we'll start there, gut feeling. Uh, I think three months ago when the season ended, I would have said, you know, the Giants are going to take a defensive player at number 10. They spent a lot in you know free agency money on a defensive player, and obviously the board and best player, that all factors in, but – Two weeks away from the draft, is your gut leaning towards the Giants would think defense in the first round, or are you not completely sold that that's where they're going to go at 10? No, my gut is still, like, it would have been three months ago saying they're going to pick a defensive player. I understand that they spent a lot of money in free agency on defense. I get that. But at the end of the day, they really haven't had as much of an early round focus on the defense the past few years. And you saw what happened. The result of that was they had the 32nd ranked defense in the league last year. They still have, a, in my opinion, a dearth of talent on the defense. They still have depth issues. They really need to continue to rebuild that defense. You know, you don't, Vernon and Snacks and Janoris Jenkins and the linebackers, those guys aren't going to just magically make this defense better. You still have issues across the board, in my opinion. So the, the free agents were a good first step. Next step is you got to go out there and get a homegrown impact player in the first round. I think that's what they're going to try to get at number 10. I think they probably are, too. I think a lot of fans out there probably want them to go that way. Uh, Jordan, for you, after all the money that was spent, we'll kind of start here. Then we'll get into some hypotheticals. We'll go through some of the names with the defensive side of the ball here in the first round and, and look at this draft as a whole from the defensive perspective. But right now for you, when you look at the Giants' defense, how close are they, or how much did they kind of close the gap from being bad to where they need to be as we go towards next season? There's still a need on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's obvious. Look, just look at the team. I mean, if you think about it from a big picture, they basically subbed out Prince for Janoris Jenkins, Vernon for Robert Ayers, and added one guy, which is basically Damon Harrison in place of Marcus Kuhn. Obviously a big upgrade. And then a middle linebacker, they got a bunch of crapshoot guys. So, or a, so, you know, if you look at it as a whole, how much better is the defense actually? Now, you know, at, uh, compared to this point last year we're talking about, you know, we didn't know Prince wasn't going to play. We didn't know JPP was going to blow up his hand uh, and all those other factors. But you, you look at the roster now, you still look at it. If you take a step back, I know they spent a lot of money. You say, how good is that defense right now? And the answer is, it's still not great, talent-wise. There still needs more talent. And the draft is an opportunity. You get your all-pro players. You get your pro ball players from the draft. That's where you get the players, from the first round of the draft. Most, like, I think it was you know, 66 to 70% of this year's all-pros, first-team all-pro, were from the first round of the NFL draft. So it's almost 70% first round of the draft, the Giants have to find that guy in these drafts because they've, they've used the last three, the last four, actually, on, on, on offensive players. So it's time to start looking on the defense, building for the future. Look, you don't draft for this year. I know people get caught up. But we need a guy at right tackle. We need a guy at, at a wide receiver. Well, guess what? In the rookie year, the chances that these guys are real impact players are above average players at their position are not great. There's only a handful of guys each year that are. So, got to look to defense. Got to find a guy that's going to be your guy for this year and moving forward. They do need that. They need some you know, foundational pieces. And I guess that brings me to the question I wanted to throw out about the defense and what they have now before they do all this in the draft, James. When you look at, their, when you look at the Giants' defense right now, do you look at any positions that are set? I mean, they have some players, obviously, with a guy like Vernon, who they just paid a lot of money mm-hmm. and he's still young. They expect him, I'm sure, to be part of what they're doing 
uh, for years to come. But do you look at any position on the defense and say, you know, they're good there. I don't think that's really something they should have to focus on. Or if there's a good player, maybe they look in a different direction. Or is it still to you kind of a clean slate? I mean, they're spending a lot of money in certain places, but are they set anywhere on defense? I don't think so. I mean, there are certain positions that, like, they have a strength with. Like, for instance, cornerback, when you have DRC and Janoris Jenkins, you, you feel pretty good about that spot. But at the same time, Dominique Rogers cromartie he's getting older. He's only got a couple years left of his deal. you got to have to start thinking about what that is going to look like going forward. Um, safety, they like Landon Collins. They're going to try the young guys. DRC is not going to be their pass this year. It's, it's, it's unlikely. It's yeah. unlikely. Let's be honest. So, I mean, that's JPP. Why, that's why you got to prepare. Yeah, JPP is only a one-year deal, so you don't, you're not locked in at defensive end. You know, Hankins is going to his fourth year, so yeah, they're they're better on defense, and they have some guys now. But nothing, no area of the defense, all three levels, is locked in for the next couple of years. They still like they still have moving parts. Two or three years ago, you thought the Giants were loaded at wide receiver, and now two or three years later, they're completely thin at wide receiver. They have one guy at Odell Beckham and a bunch of you know, bunch of question marks. It, it, things change quickly in this league. You can't really, you what, what you think you have doesn't doesn't necessarily. You look two years later, and it's a completely different picture. So, it's almost impossible to predict that kind of stuff moving forward in this league and say we're set at this position, we're set at this position. It just doesn't just doesn't work that way. Injuries happen, things change, uh, money factors into the equation. You can only re-sign so many guys in so many positions, you know. Very quickly, uh, a position of strength becomes a position of weakness. So just get good players. That's the goal in this draft. Get good players. I like that one. A good motto for the Giants as we get a couple weeks out from the draft. Get good players. And just on the point of Dominic Rogers Camardi you guys were talking about there, his dead cap number, if they cut him, goes down to $4 million next year. So, I mean, he'll play this season, obviously. He's going to be around this year. But then if this is his last year with the Giants, it'd be $4 million compared to his first couple of years. It was eleven. it was ten. It was, you know, like most of these big contracts, you can't really cut the guy in the first couple of years. So, yeah, so corner, and you go to these other positions, they don't really have anything that's set. If you could set one, where would you want to set it? James, we'll go to you and then Jordan. Like, if you could walk out of this draft and say, you know what? Things do change in the NFL, but we feel pretty good right now, if you're Jerry Reese, about this position on defense for the next you know, foreseeable future, whatever you want to say that is in the NFL these days, three, four years, whatever that may be. If you could pick one of those positions and, and kind of rest your head on the pillow as Jerry Reese at night and say, I'm pretty good here for a little while, which one would you want it to be, James? I, I, I guess pass rusher really isn't a position, but that's what I would say. Uh, my goal would be to get, hopefully, you know, unless uh, the Hargreaves cornerback is there, maybe a ten, to get a pass rusher at number ten, and to get maybe a, a more conventional defensive end, you know, like a Kafusi, a Nassib sort of guy, somewhere in the second or third round. Um, I would want to leave there saying I, I have the building blocks of a pretty good pass rush for the next few years because as we've learned this year, both with the Giants' issues and what the Broncos did, if you can get after the passer, you got a shot in this league. And that's if I were Jerry Reese, I'd want to leave this draft saying, I have a very good pass rush for years to come, I believe. Me, ideal world, give me Joey Bosa. Give me another defensive end, another pass rusher, and let's go. I mean, this is what this team was built on when they won Super Bowls. They had defensive ends out the wazoo, you know, flowing out there, you know, at their butt. There was guys, you know, O.C., Strahan. Tuck, JPP. I mean, they had pass rushers, pass rushers, pass rushers, and it made a huge difference. If they could get that, if they could overload on that position, I don't care if JPP has a great year and then you resign him and then you have both of JPP and, and Vernon, good. The more the merrier at that spot. You can never have enough pass rushers in this league. No, you can't. And we, do, and we just watched it in the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, and it feels like every year – uh, the teams that get that pass rush, you know, I'm like the Giants back in, in their best days. Now, you know, does they, anybody yeah, – sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I said, now, but does anyone really believe that they could get Bosa? I mean, they're, they're sitting at 10. Well, I mean, if – and we can – we'll maybe talk about this later, but, you know, if Bosa – it all depends what happens above them. I mean, if they can – maybe think they can make a move for Bosa, maybe they should. 
What what spot you say maybe if he's there at six, then you start thinking about it with Baltimore, who we've talked about before, is you know a team that looks you know pretty ripe to maybe move down. Well, yeah, they're, a team, they're a team that looks down the road very often, so yeah, they, you know, they'll I'm, do that. I would say yeah, Baltimore. I mean, the thing is, like in an ideal world, five would be the spot because if Tennessee takes Tunsil and Cleveland takes a quarterback, and you somehow get to five, you're gonna walk away with Ramsey, Jack, or Bosa. One of those three, you're gonna walk away with. Um, yeah, and at that point, you don't complain. I mean, Ramsey, some you know think is should be the number one pick. Yeah. You know, Jack Bosa, you. you but I don't you, see you know, Jacksonville. Also, people think they're the best talents in the draft. Yeah, I don't see Jacksonville necessarily. I mean, why would they give up five when that, that's what they're sitting at? They're in the same boat as the Giants are. Um, I, I think that you know maybe six. Like, look, if San Diego comes out and picks DeForest Buckner, who really fits their defense so well, then maybe the Giants get on the phone with Baltimore and say, we want to move up because those three guys are now sliding down a spot. But that's something they're going to have to do on the fly on draft night. Yeah, that's, that's tough to see, though, them, uh, them going Buckner in that three spot at that yeah. point. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, but I think a lot of ahead of the Giants is, is kind of in flux. We know a lot of these names. We've heard a lot. And Jordan, you were just saying people think Ramsey might be the best player. Tunsil for – you know, months and months is Jack. Kind of just, people think Jack, is right? Jack, Jack's been, you know, talked about as you know, just just freak athlete who could do everything on a football field from that linebacker position. So, would they say Ray ask, Lewis with more speed, something like that? Yeah, and, and and the experience on the other side of the ball as well, which you know gives him kind of a unique perspective. So he's, I mean, he's a tremendous prospect here. What to you guys when you when you look at this thing two weeks before it starts and you're talking to people around the league and trying to figure out what the Giants want to do with 10. What, what's more intriguing to you guys? What the Giants want and hope and think at 10 or what might happen in front of them? For me, I think it's what might happen in front of them because you have two, probably just two quarterbacks, but two quarterbacks that we don't know where they're going to land, who really wants them or how that's going to play out. And then all these players that kind of fit around them and it will all lead to, you know, to what happens with the Giants at 10. So J- Jordan, for you, as you think about how this might play out for the next two weeks, what's more intriguing to you, the Giants and what they're thinking, or what happens in front of them? Yeah, what happens in front of them is going to greatly affect, you know, who who they're going to take in this draft. I think it's it's sort of like they're sitting there at ten, and whoever falls down to there has a good chance of being their guy. Now, you know, we we've talked about this before. I think it's basically Leonard Floyd. Or whoever drops down. Now, we'll get into this later. What's the what's the disaster scenario for them? Of okay, all you know, both those guys are gone. All the guys we just talked about are gone. You know, maybe one quarterback goes or no quarterbacks go, and the Giants are sitting there at ten, and their main targets defensively are now gone, and all that's left is offense. So uh, we'll talk about that later. But that that's the scenario where you, that what we're talking about here is. They're hoping that some of these guys go. They need those quarterbacks to go. Somebody. They don't care who. And let's see. Who are the most likely options? What do we got? Cleveland? Cleveland? Uh, the Eagles? Yep. The Eagles. Some people, we think the 49, some people think the 49ers. I personally don't. Everything I've heard says they're, you know, that they're not in love with uh, these quarterbacks. So, but there's still a team that's a possibility. And then there's a couple – you know, trade-ups. I mean, there's you can count the Cowboys in there, but I, I don't think that's the way they're going to go. The Rams feel like the trade-up if there's one of those. Right. The Rams, the Jets, a possible, uh, you know, a possible trade-up option. They do have a big chip at their disposal with uh, when you talk about Muhammad Wilkerson. Sure. Um, there was one other team, right? In the teens. Or is it that, that was the Rams? I guess no, it's the Rams. I mean, it's kind of weird. I, I was, I'm looking at the draft order right oh, now. Oh, what about the I Bills? Mean, the Bills. That was the other team. Yeah, the Bills. The Bills could do it. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But the, in theory, the Chiefs. I mean, they probably have to do defense because of the Justin Houston situation. But the Chiefs are a team that if they fell in love with somebody. I mean, Alex Smith's getting up there, and I guess Denver. But I don't think Denver would leave 31 just because they're going to get somebody there if they want to draft a quarterback. Yeah, they'll probably get the best quarterback, you know, left, whatever's left before the second round starts. Um, That's the thing. Are the other ones that good where you, you decide you have to move up? I mean, does anybody say, wow, we got to get Jared Goff? You know I mean? I, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. Our, and our buddy, then I think our buddy what Mark adds Eppel, to that. 
what adds to that, Jordan, and then you go on whatever your point was, the two teams that we both, we all three of us kind of said, yeah, within the top 10, those are the ones, the Browns and the Eagles, although it makes sense and logically, yeah, those teams probably should look to quarterbacks if they like these guys. They both just signed quarterbacks. Like RG3 is not making the league minimum. They signed him and the Eagles gave, you know, again, not a five-year deal, but legitimate money to Sam Bradford. So even the two teams that we say they make the most sense for quarterbacks, I'm not completely sure either of them are, are really going to do it or, or maybe should do it. So I don't know where these quarterbacks are going is what I'm trying to get at. If the Eagles, like, let's say the Eagles drafted Wentz or Goff or, or Lynch, okay? There are a lot of teams around the league that would potentially have those guys start from day one. Just throw them in the fire. The Eagles could go into camp with three guys, Bradford, Daniel, and Lynch, that probably would enter camp for several teams around the league as the starting quarterback. They would. You're right. They would. And, they, and they'd have two I mean, of them so sitting on I don't the bench, and they'd have sense. one of them maybe not play all year. Exactly. I, I just I don't understand why the Eagles would want to draft a quarterback. You're not drafting for this year, though. Come on. You, you draft a quarterback, you're drafting for the future of your franchise. You know, if the Eagles draft a quarterback, fine. Let's say he doesn't even play for two years. You're trying to build your franchise so that you could eventually win a Super Bowl. They're not winning a Super Bowl with what they have now. No, I, I agree so with that. The chance to win a Super Bowl is to get a guy that they think even if it's two or three years down the line before he actually makes an impact, is that guy. It's worth basically in, you know, putting everything on the line for, if you can find that guy. No, I agree with that. I guess what I was trying to say is that the three guys that are in the draft were in the draft in January. So either sign Bradford and draft that guy, or, or in my opinion, tell Bradford to walk, sign Daniel and draft that guy. I, I, I just don't understand the whole, and I look, you know, Mark and Elliot would be the guys to talk about this. The goal, Bradford, Daniel, then we're going to add a guy like that. That doesn't really add up to me, but that's just me. I understand what you're saying. You've got to go for it. You have to plan for the future, but it just seems like they've been ready, shoot, aim. I don't know. And they're a wild card here. And the only thing I'll say on that, and I think this applies to any team, but, but especially because you're talking about the Eagles and, and how their pick applies to the Giants a few picks after them, I'll go back to the Giants in 04 when they drafted Eli. Like, you know, Kerry Collins wasn't a complete bum at that point. But I think, and I'm trying to remember back, the Giants, and I, I'm pretty sure I remember reading or hearing at that point, now it's years and years ago, but they didn't consider themselves a team that was going to finish in the top five and be that high in the draft very often. So if they thought there was a franchise quarterback, they said, hell, we should just get him now because we don't expect to be here next year. Maybe that's part of the Eagles thinking, too. They're not usually a really bad team, so... You know, maybe this is their chance to get one of these guys. Maybe teams think like that, you know, when you're in the top 10 of a draft. Yeah, you know, that, that could factor into it. But let's get to the defensive side, Joe. Let's get to the defensive side. Come on. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's get into where the Giants are going for. Well, what should they go for here? Let me ask you guys this as we get into this. Let's go as a, a whole here, not just the number 10 pick, but as a whole with the draft and with the Giants defensively. They made a lot of moves. Obviously, we talked about the ones they did already in this podcast with Vernon, with Snacks, with Jenkins. Uh, When you look at their defense right now and you look at what they did in the offseason with the spending spree and now heading into the draft, if you could kind of forecast the ideal draft for the Giants defensively, and I guess the idea obviously would be they're not going to use every pick on a defender, but if you could walk out and say, I got this, this, and this, what would it be, Jordan? What would make you, if you were Jerry Reese, or make you, if you were a Giants fan sitting at home, say, you know what? That's what they needed. They got it. This, this, and this by, you know, in a couple weeks from now. Yeah, I mean, no, this sounds like a bailout, but I'm open to anything pretty much. Because I mean, if you look at it, where, where, did, where, can they, where do they basically have needs? They could have, you can get a defensive end, no problem, and, and not even blink your eye. You can get a linebacker, you can get a safety, or you can get a cornerback. So basically every level fits for this Giants defense. I'd be happy with any of those, you know, four. The only thing I think is it's hard to sell a defensive tackle at this point because they just signed Damon Harrison, they have Hankins. Uh, It's not a position where guys most of the time play every snap. So it, it would seem to be a little... I don't know, overindulgent in a way, if you just, you know, went and said, okay, let's just get, well, we're, we're going to get the, the best players, the defensive tackle right now. Well, let's draft them. Uh, I don't know if that's the best route. That, to me, 
that's the one spot I'd be like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, you could still probably sell me on it. But give me a defensive end or a pass rushing linebacker and give me anybody in the secondary. I'll take a corner or a safety because, in reality, they need a slot corner for this year and uh, a guy who's basically going to take DRC's job next year or the year after. So cornerback works fine. Safety works fine, too. Either or. But I think if I had ideal world, give me a defensive end and a cornerback, and let's go. How about you, James? Ideal world, you walk out of the draft, and the Giants have added what to their defense? Uh, one, an impact pass rusher. I mean, as we discussed earlier, they have to get after the quarterback more. Uh, two, I'd want a cornerback who can step right in uh, this year and, and play in the slot and can eventually bump outside because, as we discussed earlier, DRC is not going to be around, we assume, forever. Uh, and that, that might be a move where they have to make pretty quickly to move that guy out opposite Janoris Jenkins. Um, third, I, I'd want an, a defensive end. And, you know, maybe This could be more of a balanced guy. It could be a guy who stops. Preferably, I mean, the guy has to be able to have some pass rush ability, but he doesn't have to be just a situational pass rusher because JPP, one-year deal, you still need to add at that position. And the fourth thing I would want to add uh, I would say you got to bring someone in who can be a right tackle. Maybe not immediately, but down the road can be a right tackle because that's a position I think they need to address. Um, you know, maybe Bobby Hart is the guard. You can, you can figure that in training camp. I think that for this year, I know Giants fans can't stand this. In an ideal world, Marshall Newhouse is not the starting right tackle, but if he is, it's not the end of the world, in my opinion. But going forward, you need to have a young guy at that spot. So I would try to aim for some guy. Maybe he's a project. Maybe it takes a year. But I would get a right tackle fourth. My ideal world, give me, give me like Leonard Floyd in the first round and then uh, William Jackson in the second round, a cornerback out of Houston, and, and I'll be happy. Pass rusher, cornerback, let's go forward. And well, that's what? the way to win in the NFL today, right? Pass rusher, cornerback, go get the passer and, and stop him when he does get to throw the football. Before what do you got, we, James? Hold on. Let's see. James, what's your ideal? You know, my ideal? I don't, I don't think Jackson's going to be there in the second round, but, let, you know, ideal right. uh, situation. What do, you, what do you leave within the first two rounds? I would say um, if I can't get Hargreaves, I would take Floyd in the first round. Let's say you can get Hargreaves. All right, so I'm taking Hargreaves in the first round. In the second round, I am going for uh, – Assuming Floyd won't drop, I think that's kind of off the board now. Uh, you know, I would actually take a guy like like a guy like Shalik Calhoun from uh, a Jersey guy from Michigan State. You know, Emmanuel Ogba. I know people are kind of polarizing him if he drops the second round. Uh, Bronson Kafusi, who we've talked about a lot, I would get a guy like him. And then for cornerback, um, one guy caught my eye. He, you now look, he's a little bit undersized. Uh, Eric Murray from Minnesota. But he's a guy who can play right in the slot immediately. He makes plays. Yeah, but you already drafted Hargraves. That's right. Well, (laughs) you never have enough cornerbacks. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, so that's what I would do. I would go get Hargraves with my first pick. It got a solid defensive end. And I'm just going to start looking around from there. I mean, I like Eric Stryker. Uh, He's sort of an undersized linebacker from Oklahoma, but he's pass rush ability. you know, maybe guy like Durant. You know, so that's what I would do. I would say if Hargraves is there, I would take Hargraves over Floyd, but it's close. Yeah, that's a, that's obviously one that you know. That, that's one of the questions that we have in this draft is Hargraves and Floyd are both there. Where do the Giants go? That was one of the questions that we were asked on the. Uh, I said I was going to answer three Twitter questions that I favorited. Uh, that one was uh, thrown out there by uh, Jesse the Rip Rippers. Uh, interesting name. Full uh, house Smash Club. There. Yeah. Jesse and the Rippers. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, Hargraves or Floyd, but it's both there at 10. Who do you take? That was the question. So, But I don't think Hargraves will be you're, there at 10. You're going, so. with, you're going with Hargraves in that scenario. Yeah, if he was there at 10, I would take him at 10. But I don't think he'll be at 10. So, Joe? Joe, what about you? I would go – I think I would go Floyd. I, I think I would go with the pass rusher at at number 10 and for me just ideally like James you were talking earlier about maybe a a Floyd type who's a linebacker pass rusher in the first round and still maybe more a traditional defensive end I I wouldn't mind that I mean I think and I've been thinking this the whole offseason that they need to find a pass rush in waves and and they spent on Vernon 
obviously Harrison's a different animal. That's not his game. They, I mean, they got really one pass rusher. JPP is still a huge question mark. So if they walk out of the first two rounds with two more, you know, one more of a traditional defensive end, uh, and then the other one, like a, a Floyd type, who's a linebacker, but, you know, on third down, he is a defensive end uh, and a pass rusher. I wouldn't mind that. Just if they stockpile pass rushers, I don't think Giants fans are going to be upset considering last year uh, they just, I mean, there were games that they didn't get close to the quarterback. So it was like Kerry Wynn and George Selby were starting. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. How are you going to get to the quarterback? I mean, that's what happened. Ayers was injured for a little bit. They had Wynn and Selby basically on the two, as their two defensive ends. Right. It, it just wasn't close to good enough. Before we get into some hypotheticals and, and kind of uh, like we're doing now, playing out some scenarios, let me ask you guys, um, as we go closer and closer to this draft, about you know with this particular draft on the defensive side, and you guys have been studying, you guys have been throwing out some later names. Um, so let me ask you this, because we hear this once in a while. A lot of times it happens on offense. Like a couple years ago, the year Beckham was drafted. I remember hearing a lot in the first round that year that teams maybe would go with you know, a secondary need, or if they had two needs, they would say, well, it's so deep at wide receiver, we can get a starting caliber wide receiver in round two or three. And that year, it actually turned out to work out that way. I mean, Beckham's the best, but there were some good ones, you know, way later in the draft. It was an abnormal year. Defensively this year, as we look at the Giants for the draft, are there, what positions are really deep? Like if they say pass rusher, for example, or corner, are those positions deep? Which is the one that you could see them saying, we could get a guy in round two or three that can really play if we don't get him in round one? We'll go to James and then Jordan. Have you been hearing any of that? What's the deep position defensively? You know, I think the, the deep position is defensive tackle. But as we said earlier, that's really not a position the Giants are necessarily – I mean, they might grab a DT later in the draft, but that's not a, a first-round need for them. Um in terms of a first-round need... I wouldn't be surprised for a second round, though. I could definitely no. see a second-round ta- defensive tackle. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, a, a Kenny Clark or Chris... What's his name? Chris Jones? Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones... The I think the Giants met with, him, met with him at the Combine. Um, I mean, I don't know if they want to touch Robert Ekendiche, but there's a good chance he could drop into the second round. Um, obviously, they brought him in for a visit. Uh you know, it's tough because, like, you know, defensive ends, I, I think that, you know, yeah, you could get it. Maybe a guy like Agba could get in the second round. But at the same time, you know, there are, there are going to be question marks with a guy like Kafusi. You know, he's, he's older than these guys. You know, a guy like Ryan Nassib, he only he had one great year at Penn State, and it was, a, it was you know, National Defensive Player of the Year. Carl, type of Carl, season. Carl. Carl, Carl. You know what? We, we, know, we know Ryan already. He, know, they already, we, got, we they already Ryan. got him. We got him, yeah. It's old Ryan. news, the Ryan Nassib story. Man, if, if they're both in the locker room, if the Giants somehow get Carl Nassib, it's going to be tough for us. Um, thankfully, they, they don't really they, – they look – you know, you can tell they're brothers, but they, they are kind of bigger than me. One guy's a defenseman, one guy's a quarterback. One guy's 280 pounds, yeah. so uh, um, we're a little different. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like there, are some, there are some really good cornerbacks in the draft, but I think a lot of cornerbacks, you kind of pull up their draft profile, it's like, well, you know, they're – they're they're five eleven and a half, or they're just a little bit slower than you like. So, you know, I don't know if there's really a necessarily a position where the Giants can say we really like this guy, but we're just going to punt to the second round and we'll get an equally good guy. I think that if they think the guy is the guy, they have to take him at ten. Yeah, I'd say you're right. Defensive tackle really is that position where you first of all they don't have a desperate need at defensive tackle, so even they could sit there and say, oh, Nick Mdiche is available. If uh, Kenny Clark, a guy from UCLA, or you know, if he's sitting there, or uh, guys like that, I think are definite possibly with the Vernon Adams. Uh, where do you go, Louisiana Tech? Uh, th- those kind of guys. I think if they're there early in the second round, it's a possibility. Now, this isn't a particularly deep position, but I think with the way that it's going to pan out, safety is a position that comes into play in the second round, early second round, because. You could have a pick at the top safeties at the beginning of the second round. It's possible. Um, and I think if, if a guy like uh, Carl Joseph from West Virginia, I know he was injured last year, but uh, you know he's pretty much perceived as a first-round talent, but he has some questions. He hasn't been able to run and do that stuff. If he's there, Von Bell, the guy from Ohio State, I think that's a possibility early in the second round. 
So even though that's not a particularly deep position, the way the draft is going to play out, look, no safety is going to go in the top 15. You can pretty much book that. So if any of those top safeties go, at best it'll be at the beginning of the, uh, the end of the first round. If they're there at the beginning of the second round, I think then the Giants will take a serious look, especially Von Bell and Carl Joseph. The guy, a safety I like, and he might be more of a third-round guy, is LSU's guy, Jalen Mills, just because there's a lot of people who think that he could step right in and be a very effective slot corner. So he's the sort of guy that you know you could bring in, maybe you play him in a slot, and then he eventually goes to safety um, in a year or two. He, he's another guy I think the Giants could look at, but he's more of a third-round guy, I think. All right, two hypotheticals. And he's not a big, he's not a big uh, speed, you know, athletic yeah. guy. So that that makes I don't know. That's that's a uh, that's not usually the Giants kind of guy in, in like the you know fairly early rounds. That'd have to be a, to me that he seems like a later guy for the Giants. Yeah, they usually go in, in kind of different physical trait directions early in these drafts. I have two hypotheticals for you guys um, as we wind down our defensive preview of this draft, and and one is. The second one we'll get to is kind of a doomsday scenario you teased earlier, Jordan. The first one, uh, this is a hypothetical. It's about defense, but at the same time, it's about offense. I just am, I'm interested in what each of you think. Uh, it's probably more of a philosophical thing with need versus best player and all that kind of stuff we always talk about with the draft. But we'll start with Jordan and James. Same question for both of you. Let's say in the first, second, and third round, so that, I mean the top three picks, the guys that we're going to talk about the most and we'd expect to have the most impact in you know, the first year or two of their careers. If the best player by far on the board for the Giants at that spot in each of the first three rounds is an offensive player, do you st- think they should go with that player at each of the three spots? Basically, and like we've been saying, the draft isn't just about, about this year. Yet they have holes and they need to help out their defense. So how how would you weigh that if if they get to number ten and let's just say, you know, just for argument's sake, they have Ezekiel Elliott as a future star running back or whatever. It could be Treadwell, it could be any of these offensive players. Compared to the defensive player they have, you know, close to him on the board but below. The first three rounds, Jordan, offense by far, the player there is number one on the board at that point. Where do you go? The only thing I could see that being is is Elliott. Uh, I, I really don't think they have any of these other guys ranked significantly above guys like Floyd or Hargraves. It's just, just that just doesn't exist. If the only chance to me is if it's Elliott, uh, and do you draft Elliott? Let's you know. I, to me, all those other guys would have to be off the board because um, I just don't see him being so far above far and away I mean just because of positional uh positional importance I, I to me just to get a running back at the top 10 pick a guy has to basically be an all he has to be an all pro like if he's not an all pro you don't even want to go near him like even a pro bowler is not good enough you know like he he's got to be so far and away the guy I would I would try and trade down if that were me in that scenario. I wouldn't do it. All right, so Jordan, you would trade down if the best player available in the first round by far for you is the offensive player. James, how about you? Best player available is offense. You have all these needs on defense. What are you doing if you're Jerry Reese? I, I agree with Jordan. I would try to trade down. I mean, if if you really like the top-ranked defensive player on your board in that spot and you're okay – going, you know, five, six slots down, then I then you, you take that guy there. I mean, second round and, and later, I think it's a little different. Maybe you just grab the offensive guy. Um, but they they have to get something for the, their defense this year in the first round. They just they don't there's no way of saying their butts about it. They need to get an impact player. So if there's no one there, I think you just trade it away. I mean, Elliot's a guy who I have a feeling he's either gonna go really high or he's going to slip to the middle of the first round because it sounds the idea of drafting Ezekiel Elliott sounds great, but then you get there and you look at the board and as Jordan said, you know you want an All Pro Adrian Peterson if you're going to take a running back in the top ten, and I don't know if you can necessarily I don't think you can say for sure Elliott is that is that so I think he's a guy who it sounds really good to draft him, but it's, when teams have to actually pull the trigger and hand the card in with his name on it. They're going to think twice, and I think he'll eventually slide maybe to the 13 to 16 range. Joe, while we're on it, let's do the disaster scenario. Okay. All right. 
All right, let's so, do it. So, Jordan, you had thrown out some, um, you know, asking your Twitter followers some questions, and I'm looking at it right now. Larry uh, threw this one at you, and I guess the order of these names doesn't matter, but it's just the, the premise. So Larry said, what happens if Tunsil, Ramsey, Bosa, Jack, Buckner, Elliott, Stanley, Hargraves, and Floyd are picks one through nine? Now, as you're kind of running through what I just said in your head, and you're saying, oh, who are those guys? They're not quarterbacks, basically. That's the doomsday scenario where – all the players we've talked about the Giants may like, all gone. And the quarterbacks are there with the Giants would have no interest in, in a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff. So in that scenario, the doomsday scenario, the quarterbacks don't get taken, at least one of them, if not two of them, within the first nine picks. What do the Giants do? I think it's a great question by Larry. Uh, Jordan, you can you know go at it first because he, he asked it right to you on Twitter. What do you do in the doomsday scenario? I, I'm sure the Giants hope this doesn't happen. Yeah, me personally, I would definitely think about trading down uh, at that point if that's not, you know, none of your top guys are there. Now, what I think they would do in this scenario is they would draft Conklin, uh, Jack Conklin, Michigan State, offensive tackle, can plug him in right uh, immediately at right tackle. Some believe he could play left. Some believe he'll be a great, he could be a great guard, but most consider him a tackle. There's some people, some people's boards are, he seems to be a polarizing guy. Some some teams have him really high. Some teams have him about right where you know the perception is. You know the the third guy on the board around the top twelve to fifteen, ten to fifteen players. And others have him at the end of the first round ish, and, and other guys ahead of him. So, but to me, I think he'd be their pick at this in this scenario because look, Elliott's off the board. Even even you know we're talking about okay if there's only all offensive players, if Elliott's even off the board. Uh, Hargraves is off the board. Floyd's off the board. Jack's off the board. So, to me, Conklin is the pick here. I don't see them. And I mean, this kind of goes into this is another question we got. Uh, Fanto Dragoon asked me, you know, why no Rankins at, at with the tenth pick? Uh, you know, we talked about this before a little bit with the defensive tackles. But I just don't think he he does not fit their profile enough where they view him as a top ten pick. He's, uh, I think, a, t- a touch under 300 pounds. And we saw it, you know, last year, no, two years ago with uh, Aaron Donald. Like, they, they thought Aaron Donald was a good player. But, you know, Aaron and he Donald. Is. He, t- he, he turned out to be a really great player. player. Yeah. But Aaron, he, they look at those kind of guys, those little smallish kind of guys, and say, yeah, those are good players, but they're, they're good. You know, he's going to be a good player for someone else. They just don't. On the interior, they're not looking at 290-pound guys. It's just not the doesn't fit what the Giants look for at that spot. Look, do I think that's the right thinking? I mean, I disagree with it in the, today's day and age, but that seems to be the way they think, and I just don't think they view Rankins as a top 10 player. So you're kind of stuck with no defensive guys there. I mean, I don't think Shaq Lawson they view as a top 10 player, and I think the way you know the way it is 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 the best player there for them is Conklin. So Conklin would be your pick in the doomsday scenario, or maybe well, my, pick, my pick would be trade down. Okay. So trade down and you would probably be able to but take advantage of a very desperate team, you know, that need, I mean, teams will go crazy. Like the Rams, you would imagine they're the one we talked about earlier. If, if those, both of those quarterbacks are sitting there at 10, when the giants are on the clock, you'd have to think uh, James, and I want to hear your answer. To this, you'd have to think that the Rams would call the giants in that spot and say, you, you want to move down? We, we want one of these quarterbacks. Oh, definitely. I mean, okay, so if that doomsday scenario happens, and you know what? We, we, we laugh about it. I don't know if it's as crazy as it, as it might sound because if you're the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I don't think it's crazy. You're going to be bad no matter what next year. So if you're Cleveland, maybe you sit there and you just say, you know what, we're going to win two games or uh, anyway, so – Let's just – we're going to have the number one pick next year. We'll go, get, we'll go get Deshaun Watson. We like him better than all these guys. Let's go take Ramsey or Bosa or someone else. And if the, and the Eagles and the Niners hold Pat, which we think there's a very good chance they could do, and Dallas does what they should do and drafts a defensive player, this could happen. Um, I do three things. One, a defense. I would think – Deron Lee and Eli Apple, two Ohio State guys, would be, if I was going to pick a defensive player at 10, those would probably be the two guys. So you got to look at your board and see where they match up. Um, I probably would go Apple over Lee. 
Uh, but those are the two guys defensively that jump out to me. I think Jordan's right. Offense, Conklin would be it, probably the top guy at 10 because he can go right at right tackle. Um, I definitely would try to trade down. The Rams are one. I would call – You could probably Jets. get Lee. You could probably get the you know those guys' yeah. names, though, if you trade the 15. You're right. The mm-hmm. Lee – the Lee, the Apple, the the William Jacksons, you know, one of them. You'll probably get one of those guys. I I would obviously you listen to the Rams. I would call the Jets because if you look at the draft order, it, I would think that Chicago is going to take Wentz at eleven if he falls to them. So, the Giants actually are in a good spot where, you know, Chicago could take a quarterback. You know that New Orleans is not going to take a quarterback. Oh no, who knows? Miami, probably not. Oakland, no. Get to the Rams. Detroit, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Buffalo, maybe. I would call the Jets, and this is this is the trade I would offer. And it's not going to happen, but you know, you got the cards. You can ask for us. I want obviously ten for twenty, and I want Eric Decker, a player. That's that, and that would be fascinating because it would be a Giants Jets trade, which would get you know people just all wacko because that never really happens, and then. You throw out a, a veteran player in the mix, which usually that, that's rare get, too. You get a number two receiver, and he'd be a nice. But then, the, but then the Jets would be without a number two receiver unless they're really, really sold on Devin Smith, which is a tough sell right now, isn't right, it? After one I, year. I, I mean, look, I don't think it would actually happen. But if, I, if I'm holding the cards and I got the Rams talking to me, and I can, you know, hey, why not try to get try to get something out of it? I think he'd be a tremendous compliment too to to Beckham. I mean, I, that pair seems like it would uh, it would work very well. Before we wrap this up, Jordan, last week or two weeks ago, you would you had mentioned Jerry Reese, and we were kind of talking about the Giants and how they don't really trade down. So this, if the doomsday scenario played out, it would have to be you know kind of a, a deviation from what Jerry Reese usually does, right? He has never traded down since he became general manager in any round. It's an amazing stat. It really is. It is. It's it's fascinating. Never, not once in any round has he traded down since he became the general manager. Now, I got some people, you know, railing on me because oh, Jerry, they traded for Kiwanuka, they traded down, and but that was before he took over. Ernie, of course, he was still working the phones uh, since he became general manager, which was the 2007 season, 2007 draft. They have never traded down, so you know. Eight nine years now. It's a long time with no trade downs. It's hard. It's hard to say. Okay, they've never ever done it. Now all of a sudden you expect them to do it. I wouldn't expect them to do it. Evolution, not revolution. <laughs> there we go. Evolution, not revolution. Yeah, and you know what? That's more than just all a right. Couple years. All right, Ben Cratch. <laughs> it's more than a. It's more than a blip. It's kind of Jerry Reese's trend. All right, let's wrap this one up like we have the last couple weeks with giving our pick. As of now, and it's okay if it hasn't changed because it's you know it's just been a week between podcasts, but a lot does change when we're talking draft and all the different you know. Well, everything I have that the goes top nine it. scenario, Joe. Remember, it's my turn to do the top nine, so I prepared. Right. I prepared. Uh, do my homework for this podcast. How about that, Jordan? Doing some homework as we head into this draft. All right, so uh, Jordan, you provide the top nine, and then uh, we'll all make our pick based on what you say. All right, number one is Tunsil, Laramie Tunsil, okay. going to the Titans. Number two is Carson Wentz. Now, I'm not – while I'm not – I don't think that there's going to be the zero quarterback scenario. I do believe this is going to be the one quarterback scenario. So he's the only quarterback that's going to go off the board here. Number two to the Browns, Carson Wentz. Three to the Chargers goes Jalen Ramsey. You know, they want that – they can fill in that uh, void left by uh, Eric Weddle leaving, Ramsey. Uh, four to the Cowboys, we got Joey Bosa. Five to the Jaguars, we got Miles Jack. I know I hear uh, Charlie Casserly saying he's going to slip, but I do not see that. Six to the Ravens, I got Ronnie Stanley. Seven to the Niners, DeForest Buckner. Eight to the Eagles, Vernon Hargraves. And nine to the Bucks, Jack Conklin. So there's the Giants sitting there at 10. One quarterback off the board. You got two offensive linemen off the board. Who do you guys got? James. Joe, you want to go first? All right, I'll go first here. So to me, as I sit there, my board would have Leonard Floyd as the top defensive player, and it would have Ezekiel Elliott as the top offensive player. Now, these are the two picks I gave the first two weeks, and so now it puts me on the spot because they're both there. Um, no straddling the fence now, Joe. We want, no, no, we I want, know. We want I, you to put it, put it on the line. Let's go. 
All right, just because of the attrition rate of running backs and just because I'm not sold that he is Gurley or Peterson and because of how intrigued I am by Leonard Floyd and the Giants' the defense, in that spot, in this scenario, I go Leonard Floyd at number 10. I am also sticking. I think this is three weeks in a row now. Leonard Floyd. Yeah, I'm going Floyd here. The interesting one for me would be if Floyd and Hargraves are available. Uh, that is a kind of a coin toss to me right now. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'm still probably leaning towards Floyd, though. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not positive on that one. But So we're all going with Floyd here in this scenario. I kind of laid yeah. out. It was, it was too easy. It was like a, a layup here, a softball. How about if Conklin is not the ninth pick? Does it change it for anyone? Does anybody want to go Conklin if he's a, if he's there at ten? I like. I, I think Conklin could be a really good player, but is he the number ten pick in the draft? Doesn't do you, feel like he is to me. But do he, you draft a right tackle? Yes, yeah, another thing. Strict I mean, right, you know, a guy that basically you're not going to you're not going to project him as a left tackle because you already have your left tackle. Exactly. You're gonna draft. You're gonna draft a right tackle at number ten. It's very rare. It is, and even t- teams do end up doing that. But they're in their minds. I think a lot of times they say, "Well, we think maybe down the line he could be our left tackle." This, like you said, Jordan, it, from day one, it would be you know you would know what he is because what they did last year with Flowers. Yeah, what Anthony Davis is a guy. He was drafted what top ten, and he ended up being a, the right tackle in uh, San Francisco for a while. But I think it's pretty rare. I don't know if I. I don't know if I could swallow that and say, okay, well, I'm drafting my right tackle for the next 10 years with the 10th pick. I think teams, you know, they'll draft a guy who they think can be their left tackle, and then they realize it, it doesn't work out. And, right. You know, they, yeah. But, you know, I don't think anyone drafts a guy and goes, 10-year right tackle at number 10. Like, you, you can't really do that. Um, and, you know, Conkle, for me, it's like, you know, I, I just – he's not like a – he's athletic, but he's not overly athletic. Um, you know, he's sort of a, a self-made guy and that's great, but you know, he didn't even get, didn't even get recruited, right? Or didn't get recruited. He, he, so, you know, it's like, you know, everybody, you know, so it's, just, it, if, if you said, oh, we can get Jack Conklin at number 21, I'd be like, great, do it. But number 10, this seems a little bit too high. It does. So we, uh, we all go with Floyd Conklin probably seems a little too high there. And, and a lot of defense uh, has been the conversation obviously in Let- this episode. Last one, Joe, because, you know, Jay Schmees at 11 asked us. Let's, let's say the shakes out a little differently. Hargraves and Floyd are on the board. Who's going who at that point? I think, I, I, I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Floyd. I, I, just, my, just my gut at this point. Uh, he's uh, that really high upside. He's got the length, the athleticism. He's the kind of guy that you envision being developing into that all-pro player. I would say... You know, I said Hargreaves earlier in the podcast, but I agree with you. I, Floyd is a guy who he just seems to have. You're flipping so, in the middle of in, in a 15 stretch. I, you know, <laughs> I am starting to flip in the middle of the podcast because you know, at the end of the day, I, I think Hargreaves is a really good player, but you know, he is a little short. He does have some trouble down. You know, because if you're taking Hargreaves, you know, you're drafting him to be your starting cornerback. Maybe not this year, but next year or the year after. You're not drafting. I mean, he could be a tremendous slot cornerback. But so it's tough. I, it would be a coin flip pick for me. But the more I think about it, Floyd, this, he has such a. I mean, I, I think you know it's cliche, but the sky is kind of the limit with him. I mean, he could do so many things. So I would say it would. I'd basically have to flip a coin. But I'm starting to lean toward Floyd. I, I flip flopped in the course of a podcast. I I should be shamed for that. But <laughs> you got that's Harvard. what I've done. You got Hargis, right, Joe? No, I go Floyd here over really? the, in these two. You know why? Because wow. to, to me, if they didn't sign Jenkins, if they had signed, if they gave Prince the same deal that the Jaguars did, I would look at corner and say, man, that's really still such a long-term question mark on both sides. But now with Jenkins there, you, I feel like one, you know, you feel good about for at least the short period of time, you know, the, the foreseeable future as far as we could see into it. I still think better be good there for three to five years. You better be with the money they gave. I still think pass rush is a major need, like a pass rusher to go get the quarterback when they really, really need to. Because I just don't know what the heck JPP is going to be. So, yeah, that's a tough one, and and I think the Giants would probably love to have to make that decision. But I'd go Floyd over Hargraves in this scenario. 
It's a projection with Floyd, though. That's the that's the thing right. with Floyd. I mean, not everybody loves him. They think you know he wasn't a guy who put up huge, huge numbers. Uh, you know what was his numbers last year? But six and a half uh, sacks. He had, I believe, four sacks. Um, he had forty-one total hurries. Right, six and a half sacks, sacks was uh, the year. No, excuse me, excuse me forty-one total pressures. Only sack number wasn't great. Um, I, I was looking through the Pro Football Focus draft preview, one of the, you know, and they break everything down, and it's really fascinating. One thing that kind of maybe concerns you: a, tr- a lot of his pass rush success came against right tackles, and they weren't necessarily, you know, I'm an I'm an SEC homer, so I think that basically all 14 teams in the conference are pretty good. Even when you get down to like Vanderbilt or unfortunately South Carolina level, um, but he did have a lot of success against the right side, and it usually came against some of the lower tier right tackles, lower graded right tackles in the conference. So, you know th- that is a concern that he you know, he did a lot of damage against maybe overmatched right tackles as opposed to le- the left tackle. But um, he's a guy who he flies around; he can do he can do anything you want him to do. And he could be a guy that, if it all works out, could be a major weapon for Steve Spagnuolo. The kind of weapon he hasn't had in a while. So Floyd, Hargraves, defense, we touched it all here on this podcast. We'll be back with you next week. And uh, next week will be, we'll be a week out until the 2016 NFL Draft. So we'll preview the whole thing as a whole and talk about where we're at and, and where the rumors are at at that point. Jordan, as always, thanks for doing this. Anytime, Joe. I love it. Draft time. We're coming up. It is the T, best time. T minus what? Two, three weeks? What do we got? Yeah, the, sure. uh, we're doing we're this taping on this on the 12th. Right, the draft so is the 28th, so 16 days out. We're right now in this uh, from the first round of the NFL draft. It'll be a big night, and the Giants will be a big part of it. James, as always, thanks for doing this. You got it, Joe. Thank you. And thank you for listening to episode 48 of Talk is Cheap, our Giants podcast here. You can, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you want to listen uh, you can listen. We'll be back with you next week to go over the draft as a whole and, and keep talking about the Giants and what they might do at number 10 and throughout the entire 2016 NFL draft. Thanks for listening.